0: Life. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple podcast. I am so excited for you to meet my new friend Sarah Walka today. You're going to love her. So, I want to tell you a little bit about why I asked her to be on the podcast. I have a couple of really fun announcements and then we're going to get her on the show, okay? So, when I first created the flow planning system, my goal was really to help women see time in a different way. Because I find that we get very stressed and don't allow the amount of time that possibly we need to for our wellness. So this might be the food we're eating, the food we're feeding our families, the time we're sitting down at the table, to, you know, just taking some downtime, to creating the life we want, to having meaningful work, all of it, it all is related, and I realized this as I was creating this process. And the first thing that tipped me off is that when I wrote the book, Planned Simple Meals, I ended up on a book tour with my family for a year. And as I was going around from school to school and expo to expo and speaking to a lot of busy women who were trying their best to really make all these things happen, especially the food and the dinner part, which is a lot what I was talking about, really the biggest obstacle they had was not getting a ton more information about what they eat. There was definitely some information that needed to be had about what to eat, but it was mostly around just figuring out how to make the time to make it happen. There was a lot of carpool driving or worse, not carpool driving, but driving all around and getting kids to extracurriculars and getting off late from work and not having enough time and feeling like the day was just whittling away. And the easiest way to sort of make that easier was to get takeout or just eat on the road, you know, however we, however would work. And I heard this so many times that I really got to be in my bonnet to help redesign how we think about time. And so as you guys know, the flow planning process stands for food, lifestyle, ohm, and work, which are definitely the four areas. But one of the other things I was really looking at was different models, different ways that we've approached time, both sort of new things and very old things. So I really researched a lot of different models for calendaring and time management and productivity and all the different ways. And one of the things that really rose to the surface that I didn't know much about before I started this process, but really intrigued me, especially for women, was the moon cycle. Because apparently women have been following the moon for, for a long time. And very often our menstrual cycles would be actually in harmony with the moon cycles. And that's changed a little bit over the years with just our the current state of our environment and all the noise and food we're eating and all, all the different things have really made that a little bit different, which Sarah touches on a bit in this episode. But it's really been interesting to watch when we pay attention to the moon and we pay attention to our own cycles, how we can start to understand time a little bit differently. And And really embrace sort of when we need to be quieter, when we want more connection, when we have more energy. And it just doesn't look the same day to day. But if you start to look at it in these larger 28-day cycles, there's actually a pattern to it. And so I wanted to get someone on the show, and Sarah's who raised her hand, who could talk to this idea of cycles and really tapping into our intuition in a different way so that we can really understand how this can be plugged in to the flow planning system. So I also want to tell you a few ways that it That very purposefully got done. So in the planner, it's undated very much on purpose, because you could start on the first of the month, if that's the way you think, and that's where you are right now. And that's totally fine. But you could also start on the new moon, which in this way of thinking is a great time to do some planning and some dreaming and really understand what you want your next 90 days to look like. So I talk about that Um, A little bit in the course that goes along with the planner. And then in in Flow 365, which is my year-long immersion into this process and pretty much the way I work with people these days, we we'd set things up so that they map to the moons a little bit. So our retreats are very often around a new moon. And we do these things called three-week sprints, which actually you're going to hear even more about next week from a different guest who's not talking about the moon. But we do these three-week sprints and we can map those close to the moon. So we don't start a three-week sprint on the new moon. Instead, we use the new moon energy to plan our three-week sprint. And then we go into it trying to you know, really lean into a goal, whether that goal is, you know, to write a book or get more sleep. Like the goals are all over the place. This isn't always about doing, doing, doing. And then what happens is if you follow that cycle, then right in the middle of that three week sprint, the full moon will happen. And the full moon ends up being a great opportunity to really, um, you know, pivot and, and get rid of what's not working, around that goal and to, you know, figure out where you need to go to finish this moon cycle, um, in a way that feels really good. So those are some of the ways that the, the moon cycle right now is integrated into this system. But I, one of the reasons that I want to keep talking to people like Sarah is because I know that there's even more that we can do to really activate this. And the planner is also a great way to track, which Sarah talks a bit about in this episode as well. So that's the why behind it. So, I mentioned a couple times Flow365. I do want to let you guys know that the doors are still open. We have a couple more slots. I would love to have you if it calls you. It really is such an amazing experience that has so many opportunities to transform your life and just stick to the goals that you're really wanting to stick to, whether that's around a new work project or having more bonding family dinners or a weight goal or cleaning out your basement. I mean, really the sky's the limit, but what I have found is that as moms balancing motherhood and work and the house and all the things, we can sometimes get pulled off track and that doesn't feel so good. Um, And this really helps us Stay on track through all the different changes of seasons and school year and summer and vacations and all the things that happen throughout a year. So go check that out. If that sounds interesting, it's at plansimple.com slash flow 365. And that is pretty much the way that I work with people these days. It's the thing that I, is, is going to be our focus for at least the next five years, because it's just been so transformational, um, this past year. Okay. The second thing I wanted to tell you about was I'm going to do a workshop, a free workshop about this transition of from summer to back to school. So you... Many of you are in different places. I know that in some places in the United States, uh, school has started. I think that's in the more Southern regions of our country. Um, In the Northeast, which is where I live, we still have three more weeks of summer. And so we're just thinking about transitioning back in. No matter where you are in the process, I think this class will be really helpful. It's just more about putting purpose um, to all the things that can kind of go out of whack as we're making this kind of of. Ah, uh, change in season. So, whether that is our food practices or, you know, having to get out the door in the morning, um or, you know, thinking that we have all this time finally to get work done, and then feeling that actually, there's a lot of school vacations in September, and we're needing to be a lot at school and we don't have as much time as we thought we would have. So a lot of times these changes of seasons can really, mess with us a little bit, or maybe we're not wanting to leave summer behind, right? So some of us are really like eager to get into fall and others of us are really wanting to stay in those laid back days of summer. And for many of us, it's, we have both poles happening. And this is just really a way to feel really good about the transition into fall. So it's going to be a workshop, which means I will do some teaching and you will be doing some planning and you will end with this plan that will really help you uh, tackle the next three weeks. And actually what we're going to be doing is doing a three-week, we're going to be designing your three-week sprint. That's what we're going to be doing during this class. So I just alluded to what that that means in my world. And so you'll be building that in this workshop. And to get to that, you can go to plansimple.com slash back to school. And I would love to see you there. All right. The last thing I want to share with you is that Last week we had Carrie Allen on the show. She shared a lot about Flow 365. Go back and listen to that if you want to. It was a great episode and we s- announced that we were going to do this giveaway. Um, actually, you know what? Now that I'm saying this out loud, that aired 2 weeks ago because last week we did the the end overwhelm series. So it was 2 weeks ago. Oh my goodness, how time flies. And we promised a giveaway and I haven't forgotten about that. And I don't have any excuses for that, but I do have a reason for that. And I am playing with how much I actually want slash is best for my family to be on social media. Um, And as I was really leaning into that over the past two weeks, and I've been in a work mode of writing a lot and creating a lot of podcast episodes for you and doing this whole video series for you and writing this class for next week, the back to school class. And I just knew that the kids were home. One went off today on a two week trip and I needed to be there. And I just let go. I let go of Instagram. I let go of showing up on Facebook every day. And we do have, I do have some support of people posting, but I really like to be real and honest and That's what happened. So this week, what that means is that the giveaway gets even bigger and we talk a bit in this episode about um, some tools that really help you tap into your intuition. So what we're going to do is we're going to offer some tools plus Carrie's beautiful, oh my God, they're so beautiful, dish towels and also flow planners, and we will be giving those away on Instagram. And I can feel that there's the space to do that. So when you're listening to this, you should be able to head on over to Instagram and see a picture of these beautiful things and be able to um, enter to win. So know that that is there and I can't wait to see who wins that. All right, you guys, Sarah Walka is the head magic maker and the founder of the Sisters Enchanted. She's also a mom of two kids under the age of five. So she's really in the thick of being an entrepreneur and being a mom. And I love hearing the story of how people do that. And her story is fascinating. It's really cool to see her path. If any of you are, you know, at home now with the kids and wanting to know how to get back into work, or you're in corporate America and trying to be home a little bit more. This is a great story to hear because her career has really spanned all three areas, and she's super honest about what that looked like. So with no further ado, let's get Sarah on the show. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So I'm so excited to have found you. We got introduced by the person who actually writes most of the show notes for this episode or all the show notes for this episode, the other Sarah, I will call her. (laughs) Um, And I was so excited when she said that she knew you because I've been looking for someone to interview about different ways that we might look at time and intuitive science. So I was so excited that you popped into my radar. Yeah. So Before we... Before we dive into that, tell me a little bit about who you're a mom to and where, where we're finding you right now, where you live, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, so I'm a mom to a newly five-year-old little girl and a two-year-old boy who's always uh, testing my <laughs> my resolve, um, and I am on the East Coast of the U.S. in Connecticut, and I I uh, spend most of my time with my kids and hanging out with my internet community. We are—I was just saying that I probably should get out more in real life, <laughs> but right now <laughs> I can be found home with my kids and cultivating um, communities on the internet.
0: I love that. I love that we can do this right now because imagine how isolating it used to be when we didn't have these like extra communicate communities of people <laughs> that oh, we could find. Oh.
1: Yeah. I oh my gosh. Imagine. I think I would have gone
0: crazy. <laughs> um, all right. So we're going to talk about moon cycles and, um, a little bit about cards later. And I don't know, maybe we'll even get into some other tools. You'll, you'll help me lead that co- part of the conversation. But before we get there, will you tell us just a little bit about your story and how you even found out about this kind of stuff? Yeah. So, uh, my story, it's not a super interesting one, although I
1: guess some people find it interesting. I, as a kid, I always found myself kind of being, feeling like I was wise beyond my time and sort of knowing why adults were doing things without being told. I, and as I grew up, I realized that not everybody had that ability. I found myself as a teenager actually on a school field trip I played the trumpet in the school band on a field trip in Disney World and was in like a villain themed store and saw a tarot deck and I was 15 and I was like oh this seems weird and different and interesting and I bought it and I went home and I was like the only kid (laughs) with a tarot deck and every my friends were like what are you doing that's so weird you know that's this, that's different and unknown. And, and I was like, no, I feel like that this is not so different and unknown. And, and then, you know, one thing sort of led into it to another, that one tarot deck led into a book, which led to another book, which led to another Oracle deck, and then another tarot deck and, and sort of learning all the things along the way. So uh, over the past, you know, I don't know, 20 years, I've just been kind of following an intuitive path. And I found as I've grown into adulthood that every major decision that I've made, I've really leaned into my intuition to make. I I had a job working for the largest candy manufacturer here in the U.S. as a sales rep. And just on a whim, basically was like, this is not right for me, quit my job and applied to graduate school and started that, you know, quickly, which led me down another career path, which led me to here. And, and I've always just followed and been able to listen to this intuitive knowing that, that I have. Uh, So it's always been there. And I think I'm gifted with being able to really hear it and lean into it. And I love, helping other people, you know, explore that as well.
0: I love that. And we were talking before we went live, but this hasn't always been your career, right? Right.
1: So I actually, before what I do now, I had a business where I was an educational advocate and consultant and also taught learning skills to kids who learn differently. So kids with different learning um, disabilities or differences, uh, what executive... Function deficits, autism, ADHD, visual processing, uh, those kinds of things. And I found that actually my ability to lead intuitively helped a lot with those students because often uh, I'd find myself in a meeting with a a team of teachers or school professionals and they'd be saying, we've tried everything. There's nothing we can do to help. You know, we don't know. And I'd have this knowing like, well, you know what? This seems crazy, but I'm telling you, give it a shot. And, you know, quite often that would lead us to just the right thing that would help that student. And it would be, you know, the, the most bizarre idea or something that they never tried. They're like, there's no way that could work in a classroom. Um, so I find that this intuitive knowing and being able to lead with it really works for, you know, everyday situations, which I found in, in doing the work I did previous, previous to this.
0: And is that what you went and got your degree in? when you left the candy company? (laughs) Yes.
1: So I went and I got my master's in education. uh, And I did teach for a little bit in public school. And I just, when I was there, there was just so many things that I saw. I wanted to change and help everybody, you know, And, and I just would take it home with me at the end of the day. And I was like, oh, I wish I could just teach every one of these kids individually to how it would work for them. And And I had an opportunity to kind of start working with this one family on some homeschool things, trying to get their autistic son transitioned back to public school. And I kind of just led down this rabbit hole of turning into self-employment, which was also a completely random thing because I previously was like, oh, no, I'm going to be a public school teacher and this is what I'm going to do for for the rest of my life. And I just, again, had this knowing. I was like, no, I think I can do better here and uh, yeah. One That's thing
0: so that interesting works. because in my head, I mean, I don't even know the whole story, but as I like hear like candy sales and then school <laughs> and then teacher, but the funny thing is, is I can connect all the dots to where you are now. So it kind of shows you how sometimes we just have to like follow this path that doesn't make sense, but For sure. if feeling that whisper or sometimes that yell, we just sort of have to follow it.
1: Yeah. And it was always a knowing for me when I was in the candy company, I actually, um, I managed like a, a region of stores and I was preparing for a meeting and my presentation was on winning Halloween at Walmart. And I had the highest grossing Walmart volume in our district. And so I was getting this presentation ready. And in that moment I was like, is this what my life is about? You know, is this really what I'm doing? I'm, I'm my life is about getting moms to buy peanut butter cups in August. Like <laughs> that's my, <laughs> like that's what I'm doing in my life. And I, and it was in that moment that I there was just a, you know an inner knowing, a voice in my head that was like, "This is not how you want to leave your mark on the world, Sarah." You yeah. know, <laughs> and um, and I just it was within a week that I I was back to work and and I just kept thinking, "This is this is not." you know, what I'm meant to do. I know it's not. And, uh, and I just, I, I had, I was young and I had no money in the bank. I had a company car, so I didn't even have a car. And I just put in my two weeks and was like, I'll figure it out. And,
0: <laughs> and you did. And I did. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's get into talking a little bit about the moon cycles. Cause I'm so curious about how, like where this played a part like where this started playing a part in your life. And I'm just super curious about women and moms in particular being able to, and it's interesting that we started with the intuition part because I feel like the whole reason I do what I do is so that we can find enough time and space so that we can tap into that intuitive voice. Because I think there's probably so many of us who are intuitive, but we're going so fast and listening to all these, you know, outside things and kids are screaming and asking and we're, you know, it's just so many things pulling for our attention and our time. And we can't hear that voice when it's telling us to pivot or to go do this thing. And so I, it's funny that you started with that story because that's kind of the reason why I like to ask lots of questions about different ways we can look at time. <laughs> yes,
1: for sure. Um, yeah. Time is, I think it's a, it's a mystery for all of us, right? We're like, there's never enough, but there's so much of it at the same, uh, at the same yeah. time.:
0: <laughs> Yeah.: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Yeah. So when we look at lunar cycles, there, there's a lot to be said there and a lot to look at uh, for moms and, and, and females in particular. A lunar cycle is about 28 days, which should, you know, the idea is is that it lines up with our 28-day cycle. Now, that's not the case for many of us for a variety of reasons, Um, but knowing that that exists and that time ebbs and flows, kind of like we ebb and flow in our own energies is a really great thing to keep in your mind. Because whether you follow the lunar cycle kind of exactly as it is, or you just know that it exists and know that you have your own sort of lunar cycle happening at the same time, it really helps us to see like, oh, I'm feeling this way. This isn't the best time for me to, you know, take on the kids' cookie project and the school project and whatever, because I'm feeling this way and this is my sort of flow and or ebb part of a cycle. So when we look at a lunar cycle, we have uh we all know the new moon probably and the full moon. Mm-hmm. Those are, everybody knows that those exist. Um, but in between there, the moon grows and then it, it wanes again at the end. We also have the first quarter moon when it's half full and third quarter when it's half full on the other end. And as the, the moon is growing and then it's it's waning, we're going through action and passive sort of parts within this lunar cycle. So when we start to look at that and we lean into this, now I'm going, now I'm resting, now I'm going, now I'm resting, that happens with the lunar cycle and actually happens within each of us, whether that matches the lunar cycle or not, it, that's not really that important because it's just happening. Um, but watching it and being aware of what's going on either in the sky around us and then also seeing how we relate to that same sort of energy can really help us to learn to pause And to also not feel bad about doing that. And I like to think that it, as a mom who loves to, you know, I love to be there present for my kids. I love to be present for my business. And it's really hard for me to say, oh, I'm going to take time for me. You know, I don't want to do that. And I feel guilty about it. But it, it also gives me this, tangible reason why now is the time for me to take time for myself you know the moon's telling me to do it or my own body is telling me to do it once you learn to look at those cycles in alignment with the lunar phases so being able to slow down and say okay so it's a new moon right now is my time to set a goal set some intentions for the next month what am i what do i want to tackle this lunar cycle And then that goes on for about three or four days or so. And then we have kind of a a rest period again. We really just say, all right, this is what I'm going to do. This is how it feels in my body. I can kind of marinate on the steps to make it happen. Then we have our first quarter moon, which is very action oriented. And we actually take the steps to get out there and start working on this. And we see this, this kind of go and stop, go and stop throughout a lunar cycle and taking the time to rest and reflect at those little stop periods that are only, you know, they only need to be a good 24 hours that we really should just relax and maybe take the foot off the gas a little bit. But that really helps us to hear what our body's telling us, you know, are my goals that I set the right ones for me? Have I been given a lot of obstacles or barriers around achieving that? that might be telling me that maybe now is not the right time or now this isn't the exact right goal for me. And, and why am I going after this? Is there something that should be doing different right now? Um, but when we don't stop to reflect and we just keep powering through, we don't hear our intuitions and that's how we find ourselves three years down the line. Like, what did I even do for the last three years? <laughs> how yes. am I still leading bake sale three years later when I hate it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, um, So, so learning to, to pay attention to those lunar cycles, it helps us pay attention to ourselves, which helps us hear intuitively. And like I said, as a mom, I know for sure that we typically need to be given a reason to stop and reflect, you know, because we feel so guilty about stopping. We just want to keep going, keep going, please people. Uh, and I think that on a very practical, tangible sense, working with lunar phases or being knowledgeable about them, or just seeing that it's existing and happening around you, it does give us the reason to schedule in this moment to sort of pause and see what's happening.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it is the best way for people to understand, like, so if you're on the same cycle as the lunar cycle with your menstrual cycle, that means that you have, your are bleeding during the new moon. Is that true?
1: Well, it is, it's different for, for everybody. Um, So the idea is, is that, so there's actually two ways of looking at it. Uh, And it, this is like a whole other, a whole other topic, but we'll, we'll touch on it real, real quickly. Um, And we look back at, uh, you know, prior to our way of telling time when people, when ancient civilizations told time by the sky, and in different, depending what you read or what culture you read upon, the um, the idea was is that women would be menstruating either at the new moon or the full moon. Um, okay. And and we know now, right? When we put a bunch of women together, we tend to sync up. So yep. <laughs> it would be different, you know, kind of depending on the group that you're reading about. Um, and I actually, in my community, I've I've you know, talked with thousands of women about this, and I know very few women that are on a lunar cycle, sort of menstrual cycle. Exactly. Because a lot of it is, you know, we are on different medications for different reasons, hor- different environmental factors are playing into our hormones. Um, and I know uh, myself, just I'll share personally, I have def- I have like a 26-day cycle, not 28-day. So mine's always shifting, you know, because I have those two right. days that aren't the same. So. It really, I don't know. I don't think I can name one person that's on a, a lunar cycle. But what you can do though is start to look at how you you can look at this kind of in two levels here, how you react personally to the different phases of the moon. So I know for myself, regardless of my menstrual cycle at a new moon, I just feel very tired and like like that whole four days around a new moon. I know that I'm going to be a little crabby and on edge. And I don't know why, because I know that I know from years of tracking that that doesn't line up with my menstrual cycle, but hands down around a new moon, I'm going to be extra tired. And that is like the four days that I never schedule a business launch those four days. I, that's when I write in that we're going to order pizza one day. We're going to get another takeout another day because I know I'm going to be tired and I'm not going to want to Just deal with anything. So it's interesting because you can see how you are impacted by the lunar cycle regardless of your own cycle. But in tracking the lunar cycles, you can also start to look and see where in your menstrual cycle, you do experience different um, kind of hormonal things happening for you just in looking at lunar phases, because you'd be tracking both at the same time, essentially. Got it.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. And the thing I find most interesting is that, you know, I guess in my work, what I've really tried to figure out for a long time, like long before I was actually doing this out loud and for real, is I've been obsessed with calendars and planning for a long <laughs> time, you know, long, just like you and this, your business, long before I made it into a business. And it's just so interesting to me how we can feel so crazy trying to fit ourselves into this five day week and this two day weekend. And we're like, you know, we're basically told that this is when you work and this is when you rest and I, you know, at first, I was so before I understood all this information, I was so confused because there was Saturdays where, first of all, on Saturdays, I had so much more support as a mom, right? Because yeah. like my husband was home, and sometimes like people would come visit, and it was actually the time that I could escape <laughs> and I, and concentrate. And I also sometimes would feel so much more energy on a Saturday to like sit down and concentrate and you know, show up for work. And sometimes, you know, on a Wednesday, I would just be so tired and I would feel so bad. And, you know, and I think the bad, like feeling bad actually prevented me from being able to show up on this. You know, it's so funny how we just have like fit ourselves into this container that doesn't necessarily work for us at all. Yeah. And it's that trying to
1: stay in that container, I think, that yeah, you know, it prevents us from hearing our intuition and yeah. really, really being able to do the best in our lives that we can.
0: Yeah, and and in that week as well, which I also find fascinating, and maybe you can talk a little bit more to this part is that or or when these parts are. But I definitely, I feel like motherhood really turned this on for me at first. Like this idea that I definitely didn't need the forty hours to get that stuff done. You know, like that, I could, you know, I just it started off wanting to be home on Fridays to be with my kids, right? So it's like I can get done in four days, what everybody else can be get done in five days. But then when I started to learn about the moon and I started to understand that there were actually days that like my body could do more, I was so in my mind and my heart and when all the different parts, I was just like, whoa, like I can get sometimes get done in a day what I think other people think you get done in a week or a month, you know, yes. and it's, it's so interesting that when you like really tap into your energy and rest when you're being called to rest and then work when you're being called to work, it can look so different. Yeah, for
1: sure. So if we spend some time getting to know how we are impacted by lunar cycles and knowing what what time of a lunar cycle is going to be best for you. And I use that example that around a new moon, I am just like grudgingly slow. I don't want to I just, I don't want to talk to anybody. Everything makes me irritable. (laughs) Um, and for, I, you know, there's no particular reason why I just know that's the case. Um, and when we can start to see those things, that's when we know, you know, don't schedule the big projects like, you know, the, the 10 email email funnel that needs to be written should not be scheduled for me around a new moon because I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to feel creative and it's just going to feel like this big thing. And when we are moms in particular, we can look at the lunar cycle, but then we can also look at the cycle of a 24 hour day, right? So all of these things are, are cyclical and we can see, you know, we can really drill down and follow our intuition and how we feel, on a a lunar cycle basis, like a 28 day plan. And then also what parts of each day we feel really jazzed versus slower, you know, and when we can really track all of this and start to schedule in, these are like, I know my five maxed out energy days in a month where I'm just going to be go, 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 go. It's totally cool if I'm burning the candle at both ends, because I'm going to love it. and I'm going to feel great about it. and and put all of our high level sort of important must be done work in those times. And you're, you're totally right that as moms, then we can crank out in three and four days what some people can't do. Is there a
0: specific, I mean, do you feel like this is really individual for everybody or that we can map this back to the moon cycles, like which days those would be? It's interesting because on the new moon, I sort of find myself low energy.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that, um, and I think in the, my community and the people that I've spoke spoken to, it's kind of it, it. It really does 50-50, people that are new moon people versus full moon people. Some people, the full moon, it's just really it's a lot for them. And I find, and this is kind of a, another tangent topic that we'll we won't go into because we'll be talking forever. But <laughs> I find that if you look at your astrology, uh, that can speak a lot to what it what you're going to kind of love about a. A, a lunar cycle. So mm. I am very fiery in the astrology department. And so the full moon and the the wildness that, that, you know, the full moon kind of gets its uh its stamp on, you know, that it's this high energy time and, and crazy with kids and whatever. That's my, I I thrive in like all these things that are happening. And so I think at the new moon, when it's more reflective, more quiet, you know, for me, that's like, and I just I get itchy, you know, wanting to do things, yeah <laughs> um, so so I think that that's why, for me, versus some people though that are more uh they they really don't like the chaos, you know, they like one one thing at a time and they get very overwhelmed with too many to do list items, people that are very sensitive to what's going on around them, uh you know, they might prefer the new moon versus the full moon, and then you know, be able to kind of plan the last two weeks of a lunar cycle or more of that sort of restful energy when the moon is waning in the sky and disappearing again versus the first two weeks of a lunar cycle when it's really growing and it's about taking action and and doing things.
0: So sort of, it sounds like the best way to really figure out, because I do believe that for everybody, this isn't something that like changes on like i feel like there's a regular pattern to this right like for yeah. everybody it's just <laughs> a little bit different so i feel like if we all got out our calendars and like understood maybe just even the four moon cycles right like the you know yeah the big ones new moon quarter moon yeah. full moon whatever if we understood those and we also understood a little bit about our cycle on that same calendar view right so that we yeah. understood maybe when we were ovulating and when we had our period, um, probably for like three months, does that like, and we really just track like, oh my gosh, I feel like I could take on the world today, or I just feel like I want to nap. And I, I think that it doesn't always mean that we can obviously take naps all day on the days where we feel right. like we want to take a nap, <laughs> but it gives us some clues, right? Like that when we have an hour, instead of going for a five mile run, we're going to go take a nap. Yeah. We might not allow ourselves to do that before understanding this.
1: Yes. Very true. And I think it comes back to that kind of listening to yourself and feeling more intuitive piece as well, because when, you know, I, I certainly don't put my life on pause, like the three days around a new moon. I I have kids and I I run a a bit, you know, a successful business. So I'm still on all the time, but I know enough to, when I sit down at my computer on one of those days and I know it's near the new moon or it's just after it. And like, all right, I got to write this email and it's just not coming rather than sitting and staring at the screen and trying to force it for half an hour, wasting my time, feeling frustrated. I, I listen to that knowing and I move on to the next thing instead of trying to push through. And the same with, you know, my, with parenting, if I'm finding myself up against the wall with one of the kids and I'm trying to like force them to eat chicken and broccoli or wear a certain outfit or something, you know, rather than keep pushing to be right and win that battle. I know in that moment, you know what, now is not the time, move on to the next thing. And yeah. and let's just push through. And when we, so that brings us back to our intuition is that when we trust ourselves and we trust ourselves in, enough to know that, that we are making the right choice right now, even if it doesn't seem to make sense, um, that's when we open ourselves to more intuitive knowing down the road. It's really about trust. And so looking at those those lunar cycles and then learning how that is for us, as you explained, it also opens the door to trusting ourselves to more intuition because we learn, you know what, there's a reason I'm feeling this way right now. And I don't have to, I mean, maybe I can't quantify it. Maybe it doesn't make sense, but I don't have to sit here and persevere through this. I can just give myself some grace right now and move on to the next thing. Um,
0: Yeah. I love that. Okay, so let's let's move on, let's keep talking about intuition, but maybe in a different way because so my story is, and we're sort of just meeting on this podcast for the first time, but my story was that 10 years ago, I think it was 10 years ago now, um, maybe it was 11, I changed the way that I ate after having three kids because I had gained all this weight. But the thing that happened is that I also had something very similar to you growing up. Like I always understood like why adults were having issues and what was going on and all that kind of stuff. And I think I basically then got scared of that, you know, and what ended up happening is that food really um, numbed that away from me, which is super interesting because when I got into food, a lot of healers would come to me asking for me to help them you know, eat better so that they could access their intuition on a more regular basis. Cause so it really is connected. But when I changed my food, it was like all of a sudden, and I call it like my 24 hours of 10 years of therapy. Like it was so like, it was so quick that like my mind just, I don't know, it just changed its mind about where I was happy and where I was going and all these things. It was so interesting. And so now I feel like over the past 10 years, though, there's always possibilities to listen more and grow more. And, you know, I've been probably pushing myself um, to grow in a way that I wasn't before and all that kind of good stuff. And I feel like, you know, I've learned how to really get quiet. Like I've gotten really good at that, which helps me to, under, you know, hear my intuition. But then I realize there's all these other Modalities is that the right word? All yeah. these other things that like back you up. So, I, I definitely hear from my audience, people, or even clients, people say, I just don't have that thing, like, I can't hear my intuition. But the cool thing I think is that even when I like know that I'm supposed to do something and then I, you know, pull a card or do a meditation or do some other tool, like, it always backs up what. I heard. So that's yeah. why I trust all these other ways. So what I, I know that I asked you to talk a little bit about cards, but are, is that like a great way for people who may not hear that voice? So like, what is the, what are the other things that are good to access, you know, and really understand what you're wanting?
1: Yeah. So, um, I think that, that things like Oracle cards, uh, and then um, pendulums are another great tool that some people kind of feel like a little different about using sometimes, but it's really just a rock at the end of a stick at, or at the end of a string at the end of the day, you know? That you can order on Amazon. Um, yeah, you can totally go on Amazon. Um, I love to say this when people are unsure, you know, they're like, well, I don't really know. Like, what is this? And I'm like, listen all this is stuff you can buy on Amazon, like make, probably likely, you know, it's made somewhere in in bulk. Like it's not, you know, it's, it's a, it's just a, it's another way of accessing just yourself really. Um, but pendulums are another great tool that I love to recommend to people cause you can get or in your bag or whatever, and that doesn't take up a ton of space and you can kind of, um, like, pull it out, you know, in a corner with no one looking. If you're trying to listen, you know, do some intuitive practices. But the way that all of these tools work, I feel like they help us. I talked about trust a moment ago, and they really kind of give us something tangible to help us learn to trust ourselves. So, if you're yeah. a person listening to this, or whoever's listening to this, and if you feel like I don't have that thing, I don't have that intuitive knowing, I wish I had that, we all do have it. It's kind of the level at which you're listening to it really. And when we have a tool like an Oracle card or something like a pendulum or, or, you know, whatever you might want to work with, those are kind of the two I'd recommend to start with. It, it's kind of like putting the key in your front door, right? It's just unlocking the door to your house. Is there other ways to get in your house? Sure. You could try to bang the door down. You could break a window. They're messier, not ideal. (laughs) Um, And these tools are like that. They're the key to the door that's going to open up your intuition. And it gives us the ability to sort of take ourselves out of our ego in that moment and stop looking at, but I have to live up to this expectation. I have to do this thing. No, you know, I don't know if everybody would think I was crazy if I just quit my job tomorrow. Like all these very important human aspects of our lives that, but they, at the end of the day, can often be a barrier to listening to ourselves. Cards and different tools can act as that key where it kind of takes the responsibility off of us as kind of express this crazy idea that we have that feels very crazy but is often your intuition talking to you i like to say that the crazier the idea is that's running through your mind probably, the more important it is to to listen and dive into. Um, Because when we stop listening and we don't listen, these ideas will get bigger and bigger and wilder and wilder. And it's our intuition trying to tell us, you know, listen, look at me, look at me. Um, And when we use tools, like I said, it takes the responsibility off of you and kind of makes it tangible. Like you said, for you, it backs you up. And so for a person who doesn't feel intuitive, It's really that first message inviting you to back up that card with the crazy idea you've been having. Well,
0: and I, and I think I'm not unusual in this, like I've also had moments where, you know, I've just picked a card for the fun of it and then um, read it and been like, oh my God, like I thought totally like is what I was thinking about, you know, two weeks ago or whatever. And you're like, oh yeah, like I'm supposed to listen to myself.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, for sure. I think that there are, you know, with oracle cards in particular, there are so many different kinds of cards you can purchase. So there's an oracle card deck for everybody. I mean, whatever your thing is, the kind of art that you like, the kind of messages that you like to read, there's an oracle card deck for any person. And just choosing something that speaks to you, that feels good to look at for you feels good to hold in your hand. And then like you said, just pulling that one card and kind of seeing either how that relates to you in your past, like 24 hours, or it can be really fun when you're starting to learn and grow and develop your intuition to pull a card first thing in the morning and then kind of see how it plays out for you during the day. And, Mm. uh, quite often, you know, will you might find yourself in the afternoon, like, I don't know, maybe your card was about patience or just accepting whatever happens or something. And you find yourself like locked out of your car, but then an old friend walks up to you, you know, and you catch up and you never would have seen them if you weren't locked out of your car or something. And uh, it's so strange, I guess not strange, but how this happens, you know, where you pull this card in the morning and then later in the day, something totally unexpected happens that you're like, oh, wow, I did need patience. I did need to be present in this moment because this is what happened when I was patient and present. Um, and I think that seeing those things come to life, though, is what helps us trust our intuition even more. It's like it really is about trusting that you know what's, what's best and following, following through with that. When we start to look for reasons why we should trust our intuition and we start to look for times when we were totally spot on or when you know we knew something even though we didn't know we knew it um when we look for those opportunities we trust ourselves more and and, you know ideally then start to lean more into that knowing and into our intuition Going I love forward. that
0: and ha- have kids at all made it harder for you to access this intuition or go you know follow your own cycles Yes.
1: Yes. So, uh, I am a, I'm one of those long-term breastfeeding moms. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I was breastfeeding and pregnant and, and then breastfeeding. And in the past five years, my personal cycles have been totally just crazy and sleep cycles. have been everything's been crazy, I feel like. And there's definitely been a, for me, I, I, I feel like I'm very blessed to always trust my intuition. I've, I've always felt, you know, like I very one with, with that, but I have found it difficult to sort of, um, what am I trying to say here? I've found it difficult to take my emotion out of intuition. If that Mm. makes sense, that has been a problem for me in the past when I've had a strong knowing for something and I've just kind of been able to follow through with it with, you know, like, well, I know this is the case. I'm going to do it. We should do this, whether it's involves other people or myself. And, and there's been, you know, not this emotional attachment to success or failure or something like that. And now with kids, often my intuition uh, I've had, it's been harder for me to follow through because of emotional attachment. An example my daughter. So she's five and she has social anxiety, sensory processing disorder. And from the time she was like three weeks old, I was like, this kid is a little different than this baby's different than all the other babies at mom group. <laughs> and, Interesting. Um, but nobody else, every, you know, nobody else saw it. And, and my husband was like, no. And our family was like, you're just overreacting. You're a new mom. So fast forward to all these years and lots of stories I could share that, you know, I, for another time. But we ended up uh, with a family counselor, and we went to this follow-up meeting after she had met with our daughter a few times, and I was like, I know she's going to tell me that she has social differences, she has whatever, and uh, and sure enough, she was like, your daughter's so smart, and but she has, and then she kind of laid it out, and there was just these, like, it was like the heavens opened and shined on me, because I was like, I knew it, my intuition told me all these years, you know? <laughs> And my husband's like, he's kind of like welling, he's not a crier. And he's, you could see he's like welling up, like, oh my goodness, I was wrong, whatever. But for me to not have followed my intuition faster than I did, you know, it took me four and a half years to get to that point. And in the past, I would never have taken four and a half years to lean into my intuition and make a decision. And so, but the emotional attachment to that, you know, like, am I overreacting? am I just a new mom? Nobody else believes me. Am I just the crazy one? Am I just looking for some problem that doesn't exist? You know, whatever. And uh, and I really started to second guess myself in with emotion because of emotional attachments as a mom. Yeah. And it's interesting having,
0: having older kids, you know, not that much older, but my youngest is 10 and my oldest is um, 15 now. Um, I feel like there are also seasons of motherhood that are longer. So I almost feel like the young years and like the nursing years must almost be like the new moon phase. You know, yeah. it's like, that is like the slow, like, I don't oh. want to do anything phase. And then it like switches. Like, so there's, so there's these bigger phases to our life where we have different amounts of energy and we can see that over time, especially like in our parents, you know, we understand yeah. that they were different ways, different times. So.
1: Oh, definitely. I'm just now starting to feel my, my little guy. He just turned two in May and I'm just now starting to feel like myself again, you know, where I'm like, yeah, I'm a person. I'm a person <laughs> who has interests. I can talk to other people. <laughs> yeah. I love that. All right. So where can we find you on the interwebs? Yeah. You can find me at the sistersenchanted.com. enchanted.com. Okay. Uh, and we're on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the same thing The sisters Enchanted. Uh, I right. always, always talking something magical.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll link that up in the show notes. And um, is there any parting words you have, like any last thought you want to leave our audience with?
1: Yeah, it can feel really overwhelming to be like, oh, now I have to track moon cycles. Now I have to use Oracle cards, you know, and you don't have to do anything. I think that whatever you choose to do to lean into your intuition and hear it, Just start trusting, whether that's writing down the thoughts that you have that seem crazy or like, why am I thinking this? And then just circling back to read that, you know, a day later and see how that panned out. Just find the thing that feels good for you to, to tap into your intuition, listen to it. And also, you know, ideally start thinking about when you perform best energetically, because your whole life will change when you can listen to your inner knowing and, uh, and follow that without, without feeling crazy or guilty.
0: I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. At the end of every episode, I always share three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action because I really believe that true change happens with action. But I also believe that it doesn't have to be that hard or that big to really make a huge impact in your life. So I've come up with this concept of one doable change at a time, and this is just simply your next step toward the transformation that you're working on. And we have a whole document with hundreds of ideas for you on our website at plansimple.com. You can locate that right on the homepage. But I also find that our guests share so many good ideas and I always try to serve you three at the end of every podcast so that you can put this information into action as well. Now, The idea is not that you go take all 100 things from the document or the three things I'm sharing here. The idea is that you pick one thing, one thing a week, and you really commit to it. You make it yours. You fit it into your calendar in different ways. You experiment. You put on that hat of the person who's going to figure this thing out in your current life and you make it work and you have fun with it along the way. And you'll probably make some mistakes, but that's okay because that's how new habits are created. All right. So here are some fun ones from this episode. The first one is actually particularly close to my heart because this is something that we recently shared in our End Overwhelm workshop, which by the way, you can still get if you go to plansimple.com slash workshop, you can get access to that. And it's really powerful and a really helpful foundation for getting planning in your own life. Okay. Okay. So back to that first change. The first change is track your energy. Start noticing and tracking your energy. Write down how you feel at different times of the day and throughout the 28-day lunar cycle. You can find a lunar calendar online really easily to help you find when the moon is full, when it's new, and all the stages in between. All you have to do is Google it and you can really easily find it. And you may want to also track your energy during your own menstrual cycle to see how it all maps up. So whether or not it matches up with the lunar cycle, it's all good, but these are just all things that we can start to notice and start to see patterns as you track this and just know it might take a little bit of time, but try to simply get into the habit of awareness and tracking, and that can start to shift things pretty quickly. Okay, that's number one. Number two, write it down. Writing down the thoughts that seem crazy, like, why am I thinking this? And then circling back later in the day to see what happened. What you noticed, how you felt, or what you realized is super powerful. The power of writing it down is huge. You've heard me share that over and over again, and now you hear it from someone else. Get in the habit of writing it down, and guess what? It's back to school time, so it's such a good time to go find a real cool notebook so you can be in back to no- back to school mode too with your practice of writing things down. All right, number three. I love this one. Pull an Oracle card. There are a lot of different kinds of Oracle cards. If you've never gotten into this before, I highly recommend you go find a store that sells them. They're sort of, you can get them at some yoga type places. You can get them at new age bookstores. You can also get them on Amazon, but it is fun to like see the pictures and feel the cards. And there really is something to that energy. So find one that really speaks to you. And then pull a card first thing in the morning and see how it plays out throughout the day. Does it help you start to really hear and trust your intuition a little bit more? This is such a fun practice. This is a doable change that I put into my life probably two or three years ago. And I didn't, I've really had other moments since then where I've tapped into learning more and more and more about this practice. But what's always super interesting to me is how the cards really do reflect what my mind is telling me I should know about a given day. It's really cool how it works. So I highly recommend this. And maybe what we'll do is over the course of this week week, and weekend, I will post in Instagram stories um, some of my favorite decks. I have a few too many decks here. I've been known to pull a card when I send people a planner or who enrolled in flow 365. Um, and everyone always loves those little additions. So go look at those Oracle cards. If you don't have one, maybe consider a deck. And if you do, then just start remembering to get in the habit of pulling it every morning. If it's your doable change for the week. All right. I will see all of y'all on the next episode of the plan simple podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast. Bye for now.